This week we head to Denali National Park. I think probably at least in the top five of our national park visits that we've ever been on uh, and tell you all the things that you need to know. In fact, too many to fit into this episode. It'll be a two-parter. Plus, we're gonna talk about outdoor TVs. Should you have them? Should you not? Do people like them? And why did Pierce Brosnan step off a boardwalk at Yellowstone? A whole lot more. This is RV Miles. Since 1912, L.L. Bean has been helping people get outside together with gear tips and advice for exploring all the possibilities of the outdoors all year long. L.L. Bean's founder once said, if your feet are happy, you're happy. So here's a tip for your winter footwear. Your feet can still sweat even when it's cold. So swap your cotton socks for a merino wool blend. Cotton holds moisture and takes a long time to dry, but wool traps heat and wicks away moisture, keeping your toes cozy. For more tips, easy how-tos, and inspiring stories, visit llbean.com explore. Welcome to episode number 303 of RV Miles. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And we are two RVers who have been crisscrossing North America, enjoying the RV life since 2016. Here at RV Miles, we talk all things RV and outdoors, from industry news to travel destinations, our national parks, and so much more. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year 2024. Four. I hope you made it through the holidays uh, without gaining too many pounds. Nope. Like, no, nope. <laughs> no. Hard pass on uh, that. We uh, we definitely uh, in- enjoyed a whole lot of food uh, as we traveled to Kansas City and then back here uh, for the new year. We had a good time with the family in Kansas City. And, so much uh, fun and so much good food. We even had my brother ordered from Giordano's in Chicago. If you've ever been up and had Chicago pizza, then you've probably had something from Giordano's or Lou Malnati's, Pizzeria Uno. Well, he had a couple of those Chicago deep dish pizzas sent to Kansas City so that we could all enjoy them. And I have to ask you, because we didn't we didn't really deconstruct this yeah. afterwards, better or worse than when you have them from Giordano's. Oh, it's it's clear that it's not the same thing. Hundred I mean, percent. Because they what they do is they pack them in dry ice and ship them to you, nice and frozen, uh, frozen. when they get to you. So they're frozen, and then you know you, you have to do this really interesting thing. You have to put it in the microwave, and you have to microwave yeah. it for six minutes before you put it into the oven, and then it's low and slow, like three twenty five yeah. or something. Not that we need to deep dive really too long into Chicago style pizza. But it's expensive to have that scent. So I don't know if I would recommend doing it. You know, know, I've never been, I I like Chicago style pizza, but I've never been like, I gotta have it. Well, Um, we argue that it's actually not Chicago style pizza, but that's a. Chicagoans don't sit and eat it on a regular basis. That's a big bummer. 
when our history of pizza book comes out, we'll we'll dive into why we don't oh, think that's it's a good idea. I know, I know. Well, I'm sure it, to, it doesn't exist. No, you right. know, no one's thought of that before. <laughs> Nobody eats pizza. We could add it to our list of 2024 things yeah. that we want to do this year. Yeah. So the list is short. Yeah. It's only oh, like yeah, four miles long at this yeah. point. It's fine. Well, uh, anyway, <laughs> well, that has nothing to do with RVing no. other than. Don't order one unless you're really desperate for a Giordano's. And it was a lot of fun to be in Kansas City with my family and spend Christmas together with all of them. We weren't there last year, so it was nice to be back home and then to have New Year in the apartment here, which if you're watching on YouTube, yes, we're still in the apartment. apartment. The work has begun in the studio and actually... Probably in the next few episodes, once we get through Denali and the RV show down in Tampa, you are going to see some version of us start to film in the studio. We thought it would be fun to not wait until it was perfect. Yeah, we're going to, it's going to take a lot of time for us to build a set and get all the stuff in. all I've done so far is patch holes in the wall, and that is taking forever. Yes. Um, so there's a lot of little things to be done, but we want to be able to record in there. We want to get in there. Without and... having everything done. But the the big key, though, is that it's such an echoey space. We do need to take care of that first. But I need to, I need to take <laughs> advantage of how live that space yeah. is first there and go in and maybe break out the old audition book and work through a few it, numbers because it feels it's, like you're singing in the shower in there oh, for it's sure so perfect for a singer <laughs> it's terrible um, for a podcast with awful yeah. horrible but we thought it would be fun to bring you all along with us yeah. like why not you know watch this evolution of the space through the rv miles podcast it is an evolution of us and there's a lot of uh you know every few years we like to kind of uh twist things up a little bit around here just kind of throw caution to the wind and and try a few new things and we're going to be doing that throughout this year with the podcast some things will stick some things won't so why not do them in a space that is constantly changing so here in the next few weeks uh even if you're listening to this every once in a while just pop over to the rv miles podcast on youtube and you'll get an opportunity to see what the space is looking like uh as we as we build out this new studio and patch a lot of holes yeah so many holes in the uh wall. i wanted to kick the show off this week with a discussion that's been happening over in the rv miles facebook group that i found interesting our friend friend of the show emily uh posted this emily has been with us for a long time she is big helper at rv miles she's one of our emily moderators is, in the yeah, facebook groups she took photos of us at the homecoming she's she's very fantastic and she, she does. has a new social media page i'll give her a plug for yeah. i don't know if she's on all the platforms but I do follow her on Facebook. It's mm-hmm. called Have You Been? It's um, fun. And she does these really interesting posts about destinations. And then with the prompt, Have You Been? And getting feedback from folks that have been there. Yeah, uh, but she's great. Posted in the RV Miles Facebook group uh, about outdoor TVs, asking for opinions on outdoor TVs on RVs. Do people find them really annoying or not and i actually don't know emily's reasoning behind behind asking this question if, if other than to get 79 comments yeah if they want on one the or they don't or it's a marital discussion or what or she just yeah. can't stand them as a campground i don't know or, she or she's just them. asking she's um, she kind of knew maybe this week we needed a topic yeah. in the a block and she was like let me just give this to jason and abby to talk about so there are a lot of great comments in here and i i think you know 
we could read a couple like our friend Tony over at stressless camping who said only when they're turned on. Yeah. (laughs) Otherwise, what is the point of your outdoor TV? So maybe we can start by sharing sort of our opinions on them. And I will say, I'll let you share because we are of the same mind uh, on how we feel about outdoor TVs. Most of the comments kind of follow along with this is it's really about the, the sound. Yeah. If, if other people at the campground can really hear the sound then it's not so much fun for them. Now, it depends on where you are and what you're doing. I always try to remember that there's so many different types of RVing. Like our friend Kimberly, um, who's uh, also in the group, posted about, uh, she's a big tailgater. She runs a website on tailgating, rvtailgatelife.com. So obviously like a tailgating experience, lots of people have outdoor TVs and it's a big part of it. So she's mentioning that. Um, You know, you're at a big... uh, a high-end RV resort with lots of activities outside and, you know, it's like near a city and you've got a lot of noise, like who cares about it in that yeah. sort of situation? Um, so there's all sorts of different scenarios. And I think what it comes down to me is like knowing your surroundings, knowing where you are, you're in a state park campground, it's quiet, it's, it's a dark sky sort of experience. Maybe you don't use it much or maybe you just watch like, a football game on Sunday during the day or something like that. Um, but really it's about uh, just being respectful, like with anything else, like with your outdoor music, like with your conversations and uh, like with working on your rig, obviously you're not going to work on your rig at 1030 at night and making a lot of noise. That's the kind of thing that I think would bother people with an outdoor TV as well. Yeah, I completely agree. I will say that we have never owned a rig that's had an outdoor TV. However, some of my fondest memories have been moments that have included an outdoor TV outside, like when we watched the Super Bowl, Kansas City Chiefs versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we were with the Armsteads. They yeah. are from Tampa Bay area. They're Buccaneers fans. We just brought a TV outside. <laughs> yeah, we just brought a TV outside. But we had so much fun. It was Super Bowl Sunday, so, you know, the vibe was very much all about that. But that was that was a lot of fun. It was yeah. a great memory. I, I mean, if you're at a campground on Super Bowl Sunday, I think you're going to expect that people are going to be yeah. watching the Super Bowl, right? And yeah. I think, um, I guess if I can think back to all of our time RVing, um, how many times a, an outdoor TV has bothered me, I can only think of one time. And that time it was like, it was somebody that was blaring very loudly Honestly, I don't even remember which mm-hmm. one. It was either Fox News or MSNBC. They, but it, it was it, just it, it was political po- yeah. commentary, um, which is the last thing people are looking for at a campground. I'm pretty sure oh, it's the last no thing I'm looking for in general. On, I don't think anybody wants to hear that. They want to get away from the news and and all of that. Like even if it's just the news, nobody wants to hear even like the local news playing and all the stuff that's going on. You you there are people there. To get away. So I think it's important to remember I'm at the campground for this reason, and there are many people that are at, at it for many reasons, but a lot of people that are at the campground are there to get away and they're on vacation and they they don't want to be bombarded with reality when they're on vacation. And you know, RVing is a community activity. If yeah. you are at a campground, now I know some people would argue that with me. Well, I'm RVing to escape, you know. People. Being in a campground if is a community you, activity. Yeah, yeah. I, that was where I was going <laughs> yeah, with this. Yeah. If you are in a campground with an assigned site, be that state park, federal, 
uh, a resort, county, whatever. It's a community activity. And so you are a part of a community for however long you are there. And that road goes two ways. So there will be some people whose idea of RVing may not be yours. And there will be others that you align with and you're similar in the way you RV, but you are still a community. So I think with the TV, a lot of the comments in the group here are really about uh, sound, sound, and sound. Yeah, and those are yeah. all very valid. Um, yeah. Just be mindful, like we all should be mindful of, you know, I have a TV and it may not be for you, but that doesn't make it wrong. Yeah. So I don't know that I find them annoying. Um, I don't necessarily have a need for one, but I don't mind someone using theirs at the campground as long as they also are remembering that they're a part of a community there. They, when and we if were, they're watching something good, invite me over. Because yeah. especially if it's a football game, I'll come over and watch it with you. When we were full-time, there were certainly times where I thought it would have been great to have one. Especially oh, when sure. there are special events going on, like the Olympics are on or whatever. I know. We get the Olympics inside, again this right? year, too. Um, but, but yeah, as now a part-time RVer, I don't think I would care as much now. Uh, you know... Yeah. Um, we're coming out. Of, I don't want to bring it up again, but I will. I mean, we're coming out of football season. Yeah. So I think that's the only time I would really want to have one is if we're going to be at the campground on Sunday yeah. and I want to watch the game. You know, like, on some level, too, though, I'm OK with like an iPad. Right. Yeah. I. You know, well, you know, Jay, I understand you're not playing in the Super Bowl. I am. I know it doesn't mean as much. Here to we you. go. So. Oh, I'm, did I mention oh, that? Did oh, did Abby mention the oh. Fantasy Football League that she's did in I the mention, Super Bowl? I, oh, I didn't realize it's so just normal. I didn't even realize I was doing it. Mm. Yes, I'm in the Super Bowl. I'm in the Super Bowl. Jason's currently playing for, what position I'm are you playing, playing for? I'm playing for fifth. You're playing for fifth. Against Henry. Yes. And you are playing for first against your dad. My father. Yes, yes my father and I are going toe-to-toe one final weekend, and then I will have to... Re- I, no, I shouldn't say that. I just said I was going to have to return the Trombardi to him. Uh, the Trombardi will be staying here. It will live with us. It'll be in the background yeah, yeah. of <laughs> so <that's, laughs> the so show. Ethan ended up so, being the one that, that found the Trombardi trophy. If you don't know, Abby's last name is Trebu, and this is a Trebu family thing. The so, Lombardi trophy is the big Super Bowl trophy, so this is the Trombardi. And Ethan found what what will be... <laughs> The Trombardi uh, trophy. He actually gave it to me as a Christmas uh-huh. present. It it's a prayer candle uh, with Travis Kelsey on it. Uh, <laughs> so that's officially and given that Jason had. Oh, I just bumped my microphone in my excitement. Given that Jason had Kelsey this year, who has been <laughs> really awful for Jay. That's what happens uh, when you triple team him. There's uh, no but nobody nowhere to go. Fantasy points. So. Nowhere to go. So if it was football season, having an outdoor television uh, so I can keep up on fantasy football would be awesome. Uh, and yeah, if you so- want to see not this conversation about. <laughs> Can you tell we've been away for a few weeks? We have so much to tell you. Um, You can go over to the RV Miles Facebook group. This is where that whole discussion took place. You can share your thoughts on it with the 79 other comments. And what's great is like what we've tried to do in this group is uh, keep it full of people that are not angry, rude, and mean. Uh, so you will see a conversation like this that you might find in other Facebook groups. 
could get pretty nasty. Uh, everyone's very respectful. And I really yeah. appreciate the folks that uh, of you that are listening that are there as a part of the group. Um, that's what we love to see. There are at least 14,000 people using social media right now who are capable of having polite, respectful conversations <laughs> about things that they perhaps see differently. And that is really refreshing this year yeah. already. We're two days in. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to head back up to Alaska. Uh, I'm very excited about this episode because we get to go to Denali National Park, which I think was my favorite experience. I won't speak for you and the whole Baja to Alaska journey. I've probably said that about other places that we've been <laughs> on the way, but I, I really think Denali was it. Um, Denali is just the quintessential national park. It is up there with Yellowstone and Yosemite, and in many ways, I like it better than either of those. Um, so I'm excited to start diving into Denali National Park in a moment. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by the Park Wolf app. Ever found yourself in the heart of a national park, surrounded by beauty, but unsure where to go or what to see? That's where Park Wolf comes in. Park Wolf is the ultimate app for exploring national parks. As you drive, the GPS shows you what's coming up on the road, and an audio guide will fill you in on what's there so you can decide if it's worth a stop for you or not. Gas running low, looking for a bite to eat or a bathroom break? Park Wolf's got you covered. It keeps track of the nearest gas station, restrooms, food, and pullover areas. And the best part, it works without an internet connection. And if you're a wildlife enthusiast, you'll love Park Wolf's wildlife maps and sighting notifications. So before you set off on your next national park adventure, Download the ParkWolf app for your iPhone from the App Store. It's your ultimate guide to national parks. Chances are you've seen them on the road. That's because Blue Ox designs and manufactures the best towing products in the industry. Just look around. You'll find them on highways and campgrounds and anywhere you find people traveling in the great outdoors. Award-winning tow bars, base plates, and brakes. A full line of weight-distributing hitches. Adjustable ball mounts and a new line of fifth-wheel hitches. With Blue Ox, towing doesn't have to be a drag. To learn more about how Blue Ox can make your travel adventures even more stress-free, visit BlueOx.com. We're back, and before we jump into talking about Denali National Park, we did want to mention that our our monthly live stream that we do for Mile Marker members, uh, we normally do it on the first Monday of the month, but mm -hmm. that was New Year's Day, so we don't do them on holidays, uh, is coming up this Monday, January 8th. And we normally do these monthly for mile marker members, and you should become a mile marker member. If you're not one, you'll get you some fun stuff and have a good time with us. Uh -huh. But if not, we're opening this one up to everybody. So anybody can listen to this, whether or not you're a mile marker member or not. You can join us on YouTube uh, and comment, and we'll answer uh, questions that you have live and all that sort of stuff. We always have a really good time. It's a lot of fun. It is a blast. It's an hour long. It's going to start at 9 p.m. Eastern. So that's 9 Eastern, 8 Central, 7 Mountain, 5 Pacific. No, 6 Pacific, 5 Alaska time. And about an hour, we have the best time with everybody that shows up. We laugh. We have, a, you know, we answer questions. We share silly stories about ourselves. But also every once in a while, as Jason mentioned, we like to make these what we call an all skate where we open this up to 
everybody who spends any part of their time with RV Miles and they want to come spend an hour with us and learn a little bit more about what it means to be a Mile Marker member. There are some things for Mile Marker members that are changing in 2024, which we're going to announce that night during the live. So you're going to get to be some of the first people to hear what being a Mile Marker member in 2024 is going to look like. So we do hope that even if you're not interested in being a Mile Marker member, you just come and join us on January 8th. Let's start the year off right with a nice big community, have a good time together, and really ring in 2024 here at RV Miles. So we will post all of this information in the description, but the very best way to know, because we will be sending this out to the newsletter, is to go to rvmiles.com slash mailing list, join that. We'll send out an e-blast with all of the information and that is also a really great way to find out exactly how we can all connect if you're going to Tampa when we're going to be in Tampa, because we are waiting to hear still from the Super Show as to whether or not they can give us dedicated space that Wednesday or Thursday of the show. So rvmiles.com slash mailing list. That is where you will be the first to hear about all of these upcoming events here this month. All right. Denali National Park. Let's do this. This is such a huge place. Oh, my goodness. Um, so we have broken this up into two episodes. In fact, there will be a little bit about Denali on the third episode. Uh, this episode, we're going to talk about actually being in Denali National Park. And the next one, um, we're going to mainly talk about the front country area and what you would do if you visit for a few days, maybe, um, in this episode. And uh, in the next one, it'll be more about the back country areas and the stuff you can do in town. Um, and then after that, we'll, we'll be talking about Talkeetna at some point, which is another gateway town to Denali on the entire side, other side where we actually could see the mountain even better over there. But Talkeetna uh, might've been one of my favorite times in Alaska. That weekend was amazing. (laughs) But for this episode, we're going to talk about Denali National Park and preserve, uh, just mainly an overview and, and the stuff that everybody's really going to do when they get there. So Denali, if you don't know, is a big old mountain. It is the highest peak in North America. It is actually the tallest mountain in the world, although there there are just many different ways to look at what the tallest mountain Mm -hmm. is in the world. It's not the highest point in the world, obviously. Um, But from base to tip, from the base to the summit, it's actually taller than Mount Everest. Yeah, Uh, It's just not a higher peak than Mount Everest above sea level. Yeah, it's actually 3,000 feet. 3,000 feet higher. Higher it than Everest. It is a Everest. big old mountain. It's, yes. And it is an elusive mountain. <laughs> when you visit Denali, Denali is one of those national parks. I, I like to really point this out. Every time a national park is named for something, but there's so much more there, like Joshua Tree is not about the trees. I mean, mm-hmm. that's part it, of it. It's part of it. Right, but there's so much more than the trees, right? Mm-hmm. Denali is so much more than the mountain. And in fact, they call most people call it the mountain. So Denali is the park. The locals call Denali Mountain the mountain. Um, it, only 30% of people who visit Denali National Park end up ever seeing the mountain. And we were there for 10, 11 days, something yeah, like that. Yeah, 10 days, I think. And we we saw it. We did not see it very much. Very, very little. Well, I had, and we're going to talk about this with the backcountry, mm-hmm. uh, because we did some backcountry hiking while we yeah. were there. The backcountry hiking 
program that I went on, we had a phenomenal view when we hit mile nine that just when you see it, you see it and it just stops everything. And I was so disappointed because we never really got that again until we got to Talkeetna and then we yeah. got some like spectacular views of the mountain. But the, the issue is, it it's, is it's, it's just so big. It's heads in the clouds all the time. Oh, it's like, you know, it's like when you get up above, yeah. uh, above cruise up in cruising altitude on an airplane and you're above everything. So if you really w- want to see Denali, it's like way back in the park. Mm-hmm. So you're wherever you're going to see it is mostly going to be distant views Unless you're getting on a helicopter tour or something where you're pretty much guaranteed to see it because they're getting high up there or an airplane tour. Mm -hmm. Don't count on it, but know that Denali is a wonderful experience that covers a good chunk of the uh, Alaska range. It is one of the best places in the country to see wildlife um, and wildlife that you can't see anywhere else. So they have grizzly bears that are grizzlies all are the same DNA, but because of the, the food they eat in different areas, they look a little different. Mm-hmm. So the grizzly bears are, are, there's a lot of them in Denali and they're blonde. There uh, is tons of moose. There's uh ptarmigans, the state bird of Alaska. There's doll sheep. There's caribou. We got some up close encounters with caribou. Very up close with the caribou. And there's like, there's, there's technically wolves. You're not going to see them. Our bus driver one time told us that he heard about maybe someone seeing one once last year. Like, I mean, it's pretty rare. So here's something that I think is attributing to the lack of wildlife that we're seeing in the front country a lot now, way, way less than ever. And that is because after mile 15, I believe. Or no, it's further than that. Wh- um, yeah. But but they're, 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 Denali only has one park road. Yeah. There's a, there's and I know I'm getting ahead road. of myself, yeah. but you brought but up okay. wildlife. We, but... we can move to talk about the park road because that's a yeah. big portion of what Denali is all about. So there's yes. a park road that goes a long way into the back of the park. Vehicles, uh, personal vehicles are only allowed to go 15 miles in. And you can't actually see the mountain until about mile nine. So staying in the front country with the visitor center and the campground and everything, you're never going to see Denali there. So you at least have to go in at least to mile nine. Um, And visitors can go up to mile 15. Anything after that has to be on a bus. So there are all sorts of different bus tour options. We can talk about them on the next episode. We did it a certain way. There's also a couple campgrounds that you can go to. You used to be able to get way back into the park but there's been a road closure for many years now uh, because it just collapsed. There was a landslide. Yeah. And so it, it wiped out yeah. the road at mile 43. Yeah. It's it's quite wiped out. Yeah. So a lot of the wildlife now are staying out past right. 43 staying because away from the humans. Yeah, yeah. It has now yeah. become this remote and wild place. There is, I mean, it's like we talked to a ranger that biked his way back there. In order to do that, it took him like, six hours of carrying his bike around a mountain right brian was the best i mean this I mean, is it, it is the only way that the rangers get back there is on a plane and they do it just occasionally to take care of the visitor center that's way out there. yeah because there is that yeah. second visitor center that's way, way at out. the end of the road and that visitor center had just been built yeah. within i think the span of 
10 years or so, maybe even less before this landslide happened. And now they have this visitor center that is sitting out there. It's not being used if they're starting to have issues with the roof and with leaking and all the stuff that's going on. They have to to go there and snow blow off the roof. They're not, yeah, because there's not active maintenance yeah. happening. It's an it's yeah. an abandoned space at but, this point. But if so, you have avoided Denali because you knew about this road closure and that you're missing much of the park, there's it's such a big park. There's still no so much to do. They are planning on getting a bridge put in and finishing and reopening the road. We're, we were told 2026 is the plan, summer of 2026. Everybody that said that to us was very doubtful of that happening. They couldn't get it out with a straight face. <laughs> so the National Park Service, if you go and look, they say that this is going to be done by summer of 2026, that this road will be yeah. back open. We're all going to be back down, headed to the visitor center, all this. Every ranger and every staff member, bus driver that we talked to and who shared this story, like I said, didn't have a straight face as they were saying this they don't expect this to be done in time. There's just too much, and the season is too small. That's really the problem. I know you're saying, but that's two years. They have a window to actually do this. And you have to remember, they have they have one of the campgrounds closed because they have working crews living in that campground in order to not have to drive 43 miles at this one lane highway or two lane uh, road to get to this. So they yeah. they have this these crews living at this campground that they've closed down and they have for them. They get such a small window where the weather will cooperate and let them actually get anything done. You know, you're waiting for the road to open and then the road opens and then you have to hurry and get going before winter hits again. So it yeah. just really slows everything down. But please don't let that deter you from going because yeah, there's so, so much you can do there. You, and you, so you must when you go to Denali, take the park road in. Oh I mean, yeah, that is the only, so the, the Denali is such a wild and remote place with still easy access, right? And what is great about the fact that the road is closed at mile fifteen to to private vehicles is that everything beyond that is just the buses and. The wildlife have become accustomed to the buses and the drivers are really good about, you know, making sure that that stays that way. So when you get on the park road in Denali, you're, you're going to see wildlife and you're going to see some awesome wildlife. So really you want to get out on that park road, but there is a lot to do around the visitor center area. Yeah. So let's talk about that first and the first thing you're going to do is, especially if you're an RV, or you should be if you're listening to RV Miles, is you need a campground. Yeah. And we did two campgrounds at Denali. We're going to talk about the one today that's in the front country, and that's Riley Creek Campground. Now, you can reserve Riley Creek. It's as of today, $38.50 for uh, an RV that's 30 feet and under, or $49 for up to 40 feet yeah so maximum 40 feet and and they're not kidding they, they're Y'all, not kidding this is one where i say to you yeah don't 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 mess around and what they could because what they do here is they don't reserve you a specific site mm-hmm. they reserve you a site that is 30 feet or under or a site that is 40 feet or not yeah. under so what you have to do then is when you get there 
go find an open site. In that color. Yeah. In that particular loop that works for you. And it's first come, first serve. Yeah. In your designated category. Yeah. So they know, you know, you're going to have a site available for you. But if you want to really pick one out, you want to get there earlier in the day on your first day there. So in order to do that, we stayed overnight very close to the park the day before which we, we went to the yes park. we will talk about we'll talk about <laughs> next, next week because we that was Denali the, Brewing the uh, yes stuff uh, um but, but also if you're going with a group now bear in mind that we ended up having to be in two separate loops uh Jamie and Clay because we were with the our friends so they were over in one loop they had found a spot that worked for them because again we were all also battling the need for Starlink and for some sun. And for sun, for the is, solar. This is a no-hookup campground. So yes. We wanted, we wanted a little sunlight, and we wanted some Starlink access. It is There is cell service there, so yes. you don't have to totally worry about the internet part of it and connectivity if you need that, um, because there is cell service in in, in the campground, um, but it's you know it's not going to be amazing, right? No, it's... Iffy at best. Um, So we had a couple things that we really had to pay attention to. They do have designated generator hours, both in the morning and in the evening. So we knew that we could run the generator, but we wanted to try and do that as little as possible. So we were looking for a place where we could get some sunlight onto the solar panels. And then also we were working while we were there. So we needed, really needed Starlink for all the uploads. And so we weren't just blowing through the data on our phones. So in order to make that happen, the groups kind of had to split up a little bit um, in order to find sites that were going to work for us. This and it's is, a lot of trees. So like it's a lot of Starlink trees. and solar a lot. is not the easiest thing. And it was never great for us. No. Right? And yeah. it was worth it. I, you yeah. know, I wish that that didn't have to be a thought yeah. for us because there were a few sites that we had to pass on that were just so amazing. Yeah. But even still being in a site that was fairly open where we could get Starlink. The sites are so well laid out and there's just plenty of space for you to feel like you're just kind of stretching out and you're in a national park. I love a national park campground. campground. It is a perfect national park campground other than having no hookups if you really need that. Um, It does have a fantastic dump station, like several lane dump station with with water fill and everything so that that's that's not an issue at all but what so what we did is we pulled into the dump station to fill water dump our tanks and get ready while uh and i started doing that while you went in to uh the office you don't check in at the there, there's like a little gift shop that you mm-hmm. check in for the campground at you went in and dealt with that yeah because um, again we were trying to maximize our time yeah. as much as possible so that we could get over there and look for a site because again first come first served so that was very easy to do check-in was very easy it's a nice um camp store check-in uh location you know they've got some food in there like just small ice cream souvenirs very basic yeah camp store it's not your big uh like visitor center camp store or anything you're gonna find that um a little bit further into the heart of the visitor center area of the park but 
really great. You're also going to find here um, pay showers. Yes, they're they are pay, but they're very reasonable. And they're they're decent showers. Yes. Yeah. Uh, flush toilets will be available there so throughout the campground. There's there's bathhouses. Yeah. Uh, as as well out throughout the campground that have flush toilets. And there's laundry service. There's laundry here. Uh, it's very busy. A lot of uh, backcountry people come in to do their laundry outside of just who's staying in the campground. It's very much a, a community space. So that's something to really be mindful. If you, I was able to bike my laundry over, but stay with her laundry, you know, be mindful of that, get it, move it to the dryer, get it out of the dryer. Cause there's ultimately someone is going to be waiting and, and think like, don't do it all. If you don't need to do it all. Someone walked in, I think with, you know, 10 loads and they were wanting to, again, maybe they needed to do 10 loads. You know what? Doesn't matter. I'm not going to bring it up. I said, I would, New year, new me. Just, <laughs> just think about your laundry. Just think the, about your laundry. The um, uh, the campground is um, it is a decent way from the visitor center. Um, you're probably not gonna. You could drive to the visitor center. There is a bit of parking up there. Um, it is a little bit long of a walk to the visitor oh, center. Oh, I love it. It was a great biking distance. Though. Oh, I loved walking it. I loved biking it. Well, it is. The thing I hate about walking to a place like that is like there's a lot of trailheads and stuff up there. Yeah. I hate walking. I hate walking to a trailhead. I hate like a mile walk to a trailhead. Fair enough. Drives me insane. Yeah. I would rather get to the trailhead. But it, it, Fair it, enough. there's a bike trail that is perfect um, for biking up to the visitor center. You could drive up there if you wanted to. And the bike trail uh, links all the loops of the campground and it goes into town. The town yeah. is actually, I didn't know what the town name was. It I had actually had to look it up today. The town is Denali <laughs> National Park and Preserve. Oh, is there's, it really? He- oh, Healy I is right that. there as yeah. well. There's a couple small towns right there, but actually all the stuff in town. Uh, but Abby and I would go into town on our on our electric e-bikes and get some coffee oh, and great. stones in the morning. Oh, it's so great. And come back in and there's some beautiful views in town as well. And a lot of shopping and all that stuff that we'll get to there. Even but- a rainy Foggy morning yeah. in Denali is awesome. And there's going to be lots. Of and there's going to be lots of those. But they are awesome. And the weather was incredibly cooperative for us the whole time we were there. Yeah, it, like it rained a get, little, but it, a little, but not not a lot. And yeah. usually, if we had fog and a little drizzle in the morning. By the afternoon, it was hot. The sun was out. It was you know July. It was perfect. There you are, layer. You layer. Uh, there are. The mosquitoes are, oh, are, yes. are well, definitely there. Um, oh, my gosh. We, we <laughs> had, uh, especially like deep into the park, actually mm-hmm. fewer. I it didn't notice it as bad in the campground, but deep into the park, it, it, on a well, on a day when it's not windy, the, they 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 get off you when it's windy, but on a day when it's not windy, they like to land all over you. Yeah, I I think if you have listened to anything really from the time we started in Canada it's to now, just assume it's constant. Yeah, yeah, just assume that even if we don't bring it up, the mosquitoes are there. They're always there. They never leave you. Now, uh, one of the cool things about this campground is they had, I think, almost nightly uh, ranger programs in the campground. So there's like, you know how so many national park and state park campgrounds have little amphitheaters that nobody ever uses for anything? Well, Denali actually uses theirs. Mm-hmm. And we got to go to some really great ranger programs. And they 
really do actively use them to the point where the ranger giving the program that night walks around the campground, talks to you and says, hey, I'm doing this thing tonight on XYZ. I'd really love it if you guys would come up here and join us. And it is there so good at promoting it and they always had a full house they were great they they were so great they were great no complaints no so Um, accommodating too would stay and answer all kinds of questions really um accessible for the younger ones and the older one it really top-notch ranger programs and i loved it so there is like this whole network of trails uh that are a little bit confusing that goes around the whole front country area and through the campground and up to the visitor center. Um, but if you can figure it out, there are some good walks to the visitor center. And like I mentioned, we, we took our bikes up and the visitor center area to me is sort of like the perfect national park visitor center area, because you got, you got the main visitor center uh, and it's sort of like a little village around it with mm-hmm. Uh, the the gift shop and restrooms and bus depot. There's a little cafeteria. Cafeteria and and something. You can go have full meals. There's a full quick service restaurant. For a full meal price. Very expensive. Very expensive. Uh, But it it was decently okay food. Oh, it was fine. So they do. They have a coffee, a little coffee kiosk area when you come into this cafeteria. And then they're going to have over beyond that some quick service meals that you can order too. So you can go in in the morning and get your coffee. If you're doing something really early, it is, it is love. It's very lovely the way it's set up. You can plan to spend if you are like us and you really want to see everything that's around there and really get a feel for this visitor center. You can absolutely spend a whole half day there. The visitor center itself is the hub of where you're going to get all kinds of information from the Rangers. They usually have four lined up right there at the desk as you come in If there are any hikes or programs that you need to sign up for, you're going to do that there inside the main visitor center. There is a museum both upstairs and downstairs where you can learn more about the park. Several ranger programs take place in and around there or ranger led hikes will start from there. The movie theater with a couple of films. Yes. There there were two rotating while we were there. There were two rotating. We did a really interesting ranger program while we were there that would ask us, and I think we've actually talked about this on the podcast, it took place um, right out the doors from downstairs, and the ranger would pose a question to us. Essentially, what upsets you more? Are you more upset, let's say, by someone littering in the park or someone uh, scratching their name into a tree? And she would lay all these different scenarios out on the ground and then we all had to walk to the one that we found the most upsetting. Yeah, it was really interesting because it was, I, I mean, I guess the whole point of it was really about talking about how some of these, the resources to combat some of these things yeah. is complicated in figuring out how to deal with these right. things. And it was very interesting to see this group of people where all of us went for what we yeah. felt was the most egregious act. And then why we felt that way. And it really opened up a lot of good discussions. Uh, I thought that was an exceptional program. I would love to see more programs like that in other parks. It really got us thinking. We also did. did, We didn't get to go to it, but they also up up in the village area. They have a big lecture hall 
where they have like so there's all sorts of research going on in the park all the time um where they have people speak to that sort of stuff and we didn't didn't quite get over to that we didn't we had. there's a whole science center up yeah. there too that um our young junior rangers can go up there of course there's the junior ranger program which henry did um you can go up and as well and there's some science program family programs that they do throughout the summer there is a wealth of stuff to do there's also some trailheads that take off from there we did one very short loop trail while we were there. It was called Horseshoe Lake Trail. It's yeah, very steep. Very short. It was. I guess a little over a mile. Yeah, I mean, but I it, mean that to me when we're going out for a hike. Yeah. Is short. You just get going, and you're everyone's by the time everyone settles in and stops fighting. But it was the a trail thumbs over. But it was quite the uh, the strenuous. Um, it's sense. very yeah very so steep it's down, very steep down very which is almost up. as bad as coming back up but yes very steep down um, to the lake long way down to horseshoe lake and then you walk all the way around the lake and then come back up and it is a it, it is one of the best places Gorgeous. near the visitor center to go on a hike and see some of what denali is about so we go down there and we go on the walk and we see we'll see several beaver dams Yep. Um, very active beaver dams. Uh, we saw a mother moose with her calf. Oh, it was so sweet. It was uh, safely off very, yes, in the distance. But like close but enough it's... that like you knew she was like where she wanted to be away from the trail because there's mm-hmm. plenty of people on the trail. Um, but sh- uh, it was really kind of spectacular uh, to see that down there. And other than that, you know, we did sort of walk that network of trails a bit, but that was sort of the main trail we did in, in yeah. this area yeah we um, did you know a lot of our time here was spent uh, at the visitor center was spent doing i think more front country active type experiences so we're about to talk to a couple here that we did which was uh we drove into the park because as we mentioned at the top you can drive the main road to mile 15 and then only buses are allowed from there on into the uh, back country so we did take a drive uh, into the park in an attempt to try and catch the mountain and also to have a picnic. And there are, at mile 15, uh, is also a place you can park to do a trail that is there. The name of it is escaping me, but I know Jamie and Clay and the girls did it. Uh, it's a little bit more strenuous than just a walk around the lake yeah. like we did. This is all the the uh, Savage Creek area, yeah. which is the end, end of where you can drive. And, you know, as we always talk about, we like to do bring in our dinner into the park and really um, great and, dinner and out there. there. And when we did that there, you've got to be a little careful about food at Denali. Yes. You know, it's a it's a very bear heavy place. You do want to have bear spray there. Uh, but you do want to be very careful about having it on the buses and how you use it. They'll be very clear about that, too. But um. It, you do want to be careful about how you do food. So we didn't like cook our food in the parks this time. We, we took backpacking we meals. Took backpacking and meals did and that. And hot water in a thermos. Yes. Um, but it was lovely because, again, this is a small parking area. It gets very busy. There's very limited space for people who are driving in to go. So doing it sort of towards the end of the evening and then driving back to our campground mean the sun doesn't really set so you know it's not like you're driving in the dark but you're driving back at a time when most people have headed home for the day you again get to feel like you kind of have the park to yourself a little bit lucky you might catch the the mountain when you 
you might. Another thing that you can do at the visitor center, uh, the visitor center is also the starting point unless you bike over for the sled dog program. Yeah, it, well, it's close to the visitor center. It's not right at the visitor center. So they well, do, it picks up they, at the bus depot. They have there. a free bus from the visitor center yes. that will take you over there. You can walk over there. You can bike over there. You can drive over there, but the parking is very, very limited. Yeah, and I'm sorry if I wasn't yeah. clear. That's what I meant. Is that yeah. the bus depot for the bus that will take you to the sled dogs picks up there at the visitor center. So you could you need to sign up for this ahead of time, I believe. No. We didn't sign up ahead of time. We just got there. No, you you can't sign up ahead That's of time. That's right. You have That's to right. just you just have to hope you get on one of the buses, and they they do. There's plenty of they they'll run an extra bus if they need to. Um, it might fill up, but you want to get there at a decent time. But this is a very very popular program. If you don't know, uh, Denali has sled dogs because it is a a lot of Denali National Park is wilderness, uh, federally designated wilderness. You cannot take any motorized vehicles on whatsoever so the way rangers get in and around the park in the winter is not by snowmobile for the most part um there are places that they can take snowmobiles but for the most part it's via sled dogs and so there's a very active sled dog uh program where they have volunteers and and staff that train Sled dogs. Uh, these are Alaskan Huskies, which don't look like the Huskies from the movies. No, no. Um, those are Siberian Huskies. They, um, those are not at uh, all Alaskan Huskies. What's funny Huskies. is we've been to several places where there are sled dogs, and there's always like posters from sled dog movies that took place in Alaska. Disney. And all of those movies have Siberian Huskies. Disney was wrong on um, that one. But... Uh, but what you can do here is you go see them at the kennels. Uh, they're outside and they're very active. You can you can pet them and yeah. see them up close. And and they give you a good amount of time to do that. Mm-hmm. And then you go sit down in a little amphitheater again. And they they hitch all of the dogs up to a, a summer sled, which is basically like a, a go-kart without an yeah. engine almost. <laughs> um, and, and they... They pull the they pull them across in front of you, and they talk about the dogs and how they hitch up, how they train them, all that sort of stuff. The history of all the the sled dogs and everything is really great free program. Oh yeah, you have to do this, and they will have the times listed over by the bus depot in the visitor center as to the program times for the sled dogs every day. They are that you will want to leave with a sled dog. They yeah. are just so charming yeah yeah uh, i it was it was definitely the highlight of of the front country area for us yeah. we had some amazing experiences though in the back country that we will absolutely never forget and yeah we're gonna have to save those for next week's episode no there's so much still to talk about but i hope you can hear or you can see on our faces just the joy that we experienced those 10 days in Denali National Park. It is not baloney when people say that this is just one of the greatest places that they have ever been to. It really, really, truly is. And it makes the drive to Alaska. There's so much about Alaska. I mean, everything we've talked about. But Denali is just one of those national parks that really makes you love the national parks. You know, and what they mean and what they're trying to do. I could spend a whole summer at Denali. 
Absolutely. And in fact, that is going to be the conversation of our detour episode, which is the episode, the podcast after the podcast that we do every week for Mile Marker members. This week, we are going to talk about whether or not we would ever RV to Alaska again. Yeah. So if you are curious to know whether or not we're ever going back to Alaska, you might want to become a mile marker member. And it's a serious conversation. And I don't quite know what my answer is going to be too, because it is, it's a big thing. Yeah. This is not like, we're not just saying this to like clickbait and get you to come join my, this is something that we have talked a lot about. We were just actually talking about it yesterday with our kids, because that was a conversation we were having with them. Will we ever do this trip to Alaska again. Will we ever go back to Alaska? So if you would like to hear our thoughts on that, please consider becoming a Mile Marker member. It's just $7 a month or it's $70 for the entire year, meaning you're going to get two months for free for joining up for the year membership. So you can head over to rvmiles.com slash milemarkers to learn more and to join. And then you will get not only this detour episode for today, but you will get all of the back catalog of every detour episode that we have done to date. So we hope you will come over and join. Okay. We are going to take another break. And when we come back, we will check the level of our tanks, including double of seven, getting into some hot water. Double Oh seven. We'll be right back. Be right back. From Baja to Alaska, our electric e-bikes helped us explore the great outdoors in a fun, easy and affordable way. With pedal assist and throttle included, plus a convenient foldable design, you can take your adventures to a whole new level. There are lots of e-bikes to choose from, but there's only one Electric XP, the best-selling e-bike in America. Your Electric e-bike ships free, comes fully assembled, and easily travels in stores anywhere you go. Visit electricebikes.com to find the electric model for you. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Welcome back, and it is time to check the level of our tanks. Our very first fresh tank black tank of 2024. Jason, what is in your black tank this week? Uh, so we got a letter from Ford, and I think a lot of people got this letter. Uh, I think it's anybody with a 2021 or 2022 Super yeah. Duty with the 7.3 liter engine, um, that they're going to give us a hundred dollars. A hundred dollars that won't even um, cover a tank of gas for. They're they're going to give us a hundred dollars because they overstated the horsepower of the engine on marketing materials by fifteen, by 15 horses. Horsepower. So yeah, look, it's not that big of a deal. Three percent, so fifteen horsepower less. Um, I certainly will never notice that. No. However. <laughs> This is not the first time Ford has gotten caught fudging marketing materials in different ways. So one one way they've done it in the past was by doing tow ratings and payload ratings based on a vehicle they, they never intended to sell. So it was a configuration of the work truck model that you couldn't even buy. And that's how they win. Like Ford has the best toe rating or you know mm. it's that kind of stuff that feels like someone else i know who likes to put material out about a certain truck that ends up not being it sounds like oh, tesla uh, it tesla. sounds like, like it sounds like yeah. no it sounds like yeah, tesla's true. like marketing model yeah also i mean i think is this a trend now is this what we do <laughs> right. like the the issue being however that you know tesla's 
final numbers when you actually bought it were theoretically correct. I don't know. Uh, Ford's not the only one that's ever been caught doing this. Um, I, I'm pretty sure Chevy and Ram have done it as well. Um, but, you know, it's never, oh, it was accidentally too low. You get a little bit more, right? It's never that, <laughs> no. right? And so this $100 that they're sen- sending folks, um, it was interesting. So you have to, you, the letter says you have to like go to this website um, in order to uh, get the check sent to you. And w- what really this comes down to is this is bribe money so that you don't get involved in a class action lawsuit. Um so that you know, when you take this money, mm-hmm. you're you're agreeing that you're not going to uh, uh, pursue any further action against. So, them. was there an email provided where I could email them and say, "How about you give me three percent back of what I paid for yeah, this?" Yeah, right. Or because at least like, that's uh, let's just let's talk about uh, like so realistically. It's, it's, it's about twenty times the cost to the hundred dollars. Uh, yeah. How about three percent of the price of a of a seven point three liter engine? That'd still be that'd still be like two hundred and fifty bucks or something. Yeah. I your hundred dollars just feel again, it is. It's hush money. Like yeah. Yeah. I we'll see. No one's you know, not that we're like, you know, heading to Jansen law firm or anything. We're gonna talk to them <laughs> about like <laughs> class action lawsuit you know yeah but I, I, uh it, still it's it's look it, there's one way to look at it is good for ford for getting out there in front of it and doing something uh for, <laughs> or they, for people they got a whiff of something coming uh, their way another way to look at it is like they're trying to protect themselves and i i get both answers yeah. um i just i just wish this wouldn't happen because i don't know how you accidentally overstate the horsepower of an engine you put the truck on a dyno it's rated for an amount I'm by the third-party engineer that tells you this is what it's rated for, how do you accidentally add fifteen to that? When you and fifteen doesn't sound like much, but no. they're trying to be they're trying to be better than another engine. That's the point. When you line up all those horses, how <laughs> are you? Horses, that's a lot of horses. I know. How are you <laughs> accidentally counting fifteen more horses than are standing there to pull your truck? You think like, that's how they do it? They yes, have like 100%. they compare like there's like four hundred. 60 horses pulling a trailer versus this truck and let's see what it can do they call up the horsepower farm <laughs> and they say i need you to send me we're we're trying to get 450 horses this time can you yeah. send me 450 horses we need to see what that horsepower looks like and 450 horses show up except they were like oh we thought we ordered 465 yeah oh that's fine it's it's fine yeah. it's fine nobody will notice i think back when they got caught with the the sort of the towing and payload thing i can't remember all the details of how it went but it was like the the base model work truck that didn't have a center console i think it didn't even have a glove box like it and you literally could not order this truck it was missing floorboards <laughs> right. your feet just dangle but no it, did, it didn't have carpet it oh didn't, you my know, like it's God. that kind of stuff right come on ford yeah. get with it yeah. all right what is in your fresh tank this week? Uh, my fresh tank is this article that uh, I found in RV business. Um, this hotel, the Hotel Elkhart in Elkhart, Indiana. Ooh. Um, it's a nice hotel. They are doing something interesting specifically for RVers. It's called the RV Repair and Restore Experience. Oh, my goodness. So basically, this hotel in El- you know, Elkhart, Indiana is where... The, the at least county uh, and the surrounding areas where 80% of RVs are built in the U.S. And they, they've they come up with this package that is supposed to be specifically for RVers to take your RV to Elkhart 
when you're getting it fixed, you know, when you're getting your warranty repair in, in Elkhart, that you have a special getaway at the Hotel Elkhart. Hold on. Can I... I will say, you have to read the way this is worded. This is so... This is so hilarious to me. Okay, so, so it, it, the package uh, uh, includes what they say is luxurious accommodations. It is a nice hotel. Uh, you hold on, hold on. I'm going to read some of this. Okay. You are right. you are right. skipping right. some of the okay. whoever okay. put this together. Yeah. Okay, this article. So the base. This by the way, this is an RV business, but this is from a press release. Yeah, so this this... RV business has not written this. It's a press release. This so press I wanna, release. I wanna, yeah. You're about to make fun of it. I want to <laughs> say that it's coming from the from the hotel and not the no. I'm not, not our gonna... friends at RV business. I'm not making fun of it. Yeah. I we literally taught this. When we used to teach press releases for theater companies, the language in this is phenomenal. It is, guests enjoying the repair and restore package can expect a seamless experience, leaving their RVs in the trusted hands of Elkhart's premier repair facility while they bask in the luxury of Hotel Elkhart. Renowned for its chic accommodations, the hotel features luxurious Kings Down Cape plush mattresses and spa inspired bathrooms. Now, this is for a two night or longer stay, and your package is going to include. Good thing because it's going to be longer than two nights. I, I guarantee it. I hope they got a monthly it's, rate for it's, you. It's guarantee um, it. Um, <laughs> they will have luxurious accommodations. A $25 food and beverage credit to the corner bar restaurant. So that should get you a drink and half of oh, an appetizer. It's at be your breakfast. Two tickets to the RV Hall of Fame. Which is a cool place. Very it's, cool it's place. A, it's a museum of the history of RVing and it's got some amazing old, old RVs from yeah. the beginning days. It's really So great, cool. Great we experience. did an episode of the podcast from there back in August of yeah. 2021 when we were picking up the Sabre. So I will link to that down in the it's show notes. a harvest host with electric Oh, yeah. Hookups. I mean, yeah. so if yeah. you, you know, well, you're going to be so busy with your luxurious accommodations here. Uh, you do get complimentary parking and extended checkout at 2 p.m. Is there a hotel in Elkhart that doesn't give you complimentary parking? This is not like Chicago. It here. is. No, it is a thing now. Like, okay. it okay. is a thing. Okay. Uh, I just... The, the, that extended checkout time at 2 p.m. is going to be important, too. It's going to be very for important. For those folks. Uh, but I just... This is... This is way to uh turn water into wine when you've got to get your now, this, and hey, hey you this know, is my fresh tank here can, this is not a black tank. i know it's not but can i say the one thing this that's missing from this bathrobes you know i love a hotel a good, that's got bathrobes is a good i one. love a good hotel with a bathrobe uh here's my thing about it though the one thing that's missing from this unless i just am not seeing it somewhere in this press release where's the discount on the hotel uh, it, it, it's not a discount. You just get extra stuff. Uh, so see, that's what's missing. Yeah. If you're going to give me this repair and restore package, you got to give me a discount on that hotel because I'm going to be fighting for the next 67 years to get the warranty yeah. repair covered. That's so, when you're going to have to go to those extended stay hotels at, in Elkhart, which for this reason, where's their restore and repair rejuvenation package? That's what's needed. I think this is cool. I appreciate that this upscale hotel is recognizing that uh, they could definitely cash in on all of us who have to bring our rigs up there. Uh, and, you know, make a little bit of an experience out of it. Uh, but they should just 
shave off a little off of that cost of the hotel because I guarantee you this is an expensive place to stay. <laughs> All right. What is in your black tank this week? All right. So 007's been busted. Um, <laughs> 007, if you've not heard, and they're really keeping this. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll find out more about it when the court yeah. date happens. Uh, but not my 007, okay? Because I know that Daniel Craig would never do anything like this, and that is my 007. But uh, for those of you who are big fans of Pierce Brosnan, he was recently cited for walking off trail at Yellowstone and has a court date. Yeah. So that's like literally all the details that we have. Yeah. This is brought up in the Facebook group too. So we don't know what he did, what he didn't do. Usually, you know. That's, it's got to be some sort of thermal feature, manner of grand prismatic type stuff. Somebody being fined for walking off trail. Um, that they're they're not giving that to everybody that like walks off to go pee on a tree or something, right? Do you think he tried this to is... pull like some 007 <sighs> where he was just like, "M set me on a mission," and Q well, was supposed to give me shoes that would let me hover over all of this, but I left them in the Porsche back there in the parking lot. If you've ever been to Yellowstone, all the thermal areas are really uh boardwalked the trail places when you're stepping off a trail trail that's it's not the same thing the thermal areas are pretty much all boardwalk to keep you above the crust of of them because you could die you could step on the thermal area not only damage them but sometimes there's boiling acidic water below the crust that might only be an inch thick. If you have listened to 37 Days in Yellowstone, one of the very first episodes of the America's National Parks podcast, you know what happens to someone who gets lost in Yellowstone and spends some time around these features. You can Uh, dissolve a body in some of these springs, right? So (laughs) this was, I mean, this is just... This is just shocking to me. I mean, Pierce Brosnan is a grown human that knows better. And I just, unless he was chasing Fluffy out there who had gotten away from him. (laughs) So that's the other thing, though, is when you're in these boardwalk areas, there are signs and signs and signs and signs and signs. I mean, when we were there, we did notice there were a few people stepping off like to take photos mm. and stuff mm. and but mm. it, it we made my blood boil we were there for a whole two uh, weeks two weeks and i think we only saw it once or twice so it's not a normal i think most visitors are actually pretty good yeah. at this now you know what pierce now you got to spend more time there now you got to hang out you gotta wait for your court date. oh can you imagine having to go back to a court date and yell this <laughs> Okay, like they're not going to just be like, sure, we'll just, He's you know, we can do this, this you know, in London. There's so many celebrities it's fine. now, though, that, that are, you think he's got a Montana states home? in yeah. the big sky area. It's very, you know, ever since the Kardashians moved up there, Let's they all got stop. these complexes. It's fine. In, you know, in Montana. Regardless, he's going to have to leave the 007 compound and like come back <laughs> and face a court trial. He has to stand I, in like. I think he is no longer 007. Oh, he's, he's not he even. Is, he is now the, the, he's the not... Mamma Mia Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> I forgot that he was in that. He's so bad in that. His singing is atrocious in that movie. 
Oh my gosh, I forgot that he was in that. All right, what's in your fresh tank this week? Uh, So my fresh tank this week is Jay and I are doing uh, this really fun challenge that we had gotten the inspiration um, like a year or so back in like 2022 from Jamie and Clay because they used to do a cookbook that they would pick with family and then they would cook through the cookbook for the whole year as a family, um, extended family. So I had always thought that that was a really fun idea, but... 2023 was not realistic and it was a little difficult um, to really wrap my head around that in an RV, just personally speaking. So this year we were able to do it. We're doing it this year. We started yesterday and we're cooking through uh, the it's back here in the with all the cookbooks behind us. If you're watching in the hutch. Uh, I was going to grab it if it was easy to grab, but it's yeah, not, it no, is it's, not easy to grab. Um, oh, no, that's because it's okay, actually it's not here. in our cookbook it's in holder. It's your new cookbook mm, holder. It is. It is. So it is the official Disney Parks cookbook. It's 101. <laughs> I know. Wow, we're so basic. It is 101 recipes from all the Disney Parks and surrounding like resort areas, both Walt Disney all World all that, yeah. and Disneyland. And so we're going to cook through that over the next year for 2024. I've always been intrigued by something like this, though, too. Just I mean, it doesn't have to be Disney or whatever. But, you know, people will cook through, like, uh, the joy of cooking or Julia yeah. Child or whatever. So I, I think um, I think it's fun a fun way. Like, my parents right now are doing HelloFresh, which we did for a while. We've done that in the past, yeah. Uh, but the ways to excite you about cooking things at home that you didn't plan on cooking before, that you wouldn't have thought about cho- cho- choosing before. We have um, we have cooked at home or eaten at home for almost a week now yeah. and not gone out. And if you know us, I mean, that was like crazy. And, you, you know, being a Disney Parks cookbook, you would think it would all be like... Really heavy. Very heavy, very no. bad for you foods. And actually a lot of really... If you know anything about the restaurants at, at Disney World, they are surprisingly good, so um, good compared to what most people think about a theme park. I can't wait to get and, there in like a um, week. So we we just yesterday made, we started off with, I think, the perfect recipe to start off with, uh, Walt Disney's chili recipe. Yeah, it's so like his own personal recipe. Walt's chili is what we made for January 1st. But the reason why I'm fresh tanking this is because I really liked the... I had shared this on the Our Wandering Family social media on Instagram and on Facebook. And I really liked a lot of the messages that I got from it or the people that commented and said, this is such a fun idea. I might do this too. Or we just got this, a friend of mine, Krista, had just gotten the Ted Lasso cookbook. And she's like, oh, maybe we'll do this. And I thought, well, that's just a really fun way. And I had said, let's all keep in touch with one another on how we're doing and what we're cooking and share. And I think it's a really great way to have what feels like to me just an excessively fun, you know, challenge for 2024. And if we compete, you know, if we complete it, we complete it. If we don't, we don't. There's but we'll a, have a, a few recipes in there that I'm like, um, no, not my thing. I don't know that we're doing the muscles. Uh, no, I think. But, but know, maybe I'll cook them for someone who does, though. I mean, the yeah. whole joy of it. And we cooked together. The whole joy was that the two of us went into the kitchen together and we did this yeah, we together. Did, we did this together. And I think so many people, us included, go buy cookbooks and maybe cook one or two recipes out of them. I love and, cookbooks and, and too. never come back to them. Yeah. Like, but even I, you, sometimes it's 
just fun to get ideas and yeah. be inspired and stuff. But when you force yourself to do this, now look, we've done one, okay. Oh, I but I already but, have uh, our plan for, for like you, the rest. When you force yourself to do it, I think it opens up new experiences and I think yeah. that's great. Or just a goal. I don't say that we're forcing ourselves because we're doing this because we want to. No one's well, like telling encourage us. Encourage yourself but, to do it. We're yeah. excited to do it and see the completion of all the recipes. I already like for 2025, I'm already thinking I would really love to do Alice Waters cookbook. So if you're doing something like this for 2024, or if you think that that might be a lot of fun, come join us, come share with us. Let us know what you're cooking out of. If you, you know, even if it's, I just want to cook these five meals and I want to make sure it happens before the end of the year. I think that's awesome. Uh, Let us know, share it with us in the RV miles Facebook group. We can talk about it there or I will be posting uh, photos of us doing each recipe on Our Wandering Family, which has really become um, kind of a place to just share our wanderings near and far of how we're living life now as a family and exploring this area that we're in as community. So if you want to see that different side of Jason and me and our, our kids, you can see that over at Our Wandering Family and you can join the discussion over there too. All right, that's it for this week's episode of the RV Miles Podcast. Thank you for sticking with us to the end. This was a lengthy one this week, and uh, next week is going to be the same. There's just so much to talk about when it comes to Denali. Of course, if you are enjoying this podcast, we can't encourage you enough. If you would please go over to Apple Podcast and leave us a five-star review and continue to help us find a whole new generation of RVers, especially as we are getting closer to the kickoff to RVC as we're all starting to think about our 2024 RVing plans. And don't forget, Monday, January 8th, Monthly Night Live. That is going to be for all of the RV Miles community. You can find that over on YouTube. But the best way to stay informed is the RV Miles e-blast. So rvmiles.com slash mailing list. And you can also consider becoming a Mile Marker member. $70 the entire year. You get two months for free. All right, y'all, we will see you next week. Please continue to stay healthy, stay warm for those of you in the North, and keep logging those RV miles. Bye, everybody. Bye.